welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. A platform of praise. See, praise takes many forms and the word has many meanings. In our culture, praise is so distorted, especially in our Kiwi culture where um, because of the tall poppy syndrome, we don't want anybody to think they're too good at anything. And praise at its, at its root means to express approval, gratitude and respect. And uh, when we talk about it here in church, especially in like a contemporary church um, culture, it includes this added notion of like praise songs or like those fast songs at the start of a service that are the ones that some, some people really love and some people sneak in the back. Um, and I just want to start off, I want to bust a couple of myths. And these are things that me as a worship leader, I believed at one, once upon a time, um, and Chris and I were talking about it last night, that I used to kind of believe these, these kinds of things. Um, these are a couple of things that I used to believe about praise songs, and I want to, I want to just prove old me wrong. So myth number one is that praise songs are just a warm-up to the real thing. I used to think that um, those praise songs at the start, they were just, the, they were just like, you, you kind of just did them to move your shoulders around and get ready so that you could lift your hands in worship. Um, or you would kind of just sing so that by the time you got into worship, your voice was sounding really, really good. That's not true. I'll tell you why in a moment. The second myth that I want to bust quite similar, but is that praise songs are the buffer so that everybody's at church when church starts, as in like when the welcome happens and the kids go out. Um, And that's also not true. And this is why, see the primary Hebrew word that we translate as praise is the word is halal. And that's where we get hallelujah, um, you know, that word that we're singing this morning. And this is what halal means. And this is going to shock you because you were singing it um, and it doesn't really fit in our culture. But this is what halal means. To be clear, to shine, to boast, to show. Those are the nice ones. Check this out. To rave, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. And I tell you what, it's really hard to have a rave while singing, oh, praise the name. I don't know if anyone's tried that. We're going to... We're going to camp around a passage of Scripture this morning in 2 Samuel um, 24. So if you've got a Bible or your phone, if you want to open that up, because I'm not putting it on the big screen, mainly because I forgot to. Um, But um, And if you don't have a Bible, go sit next to a Christian that does. Mate, preacher jokes. Sam made some bad ones a couple of weeks ago, so I'm getting mine in now. All right, starting in verse 18. And the story is about King David. All right, so on that day, Gad went to David. So Gad is the prophet, David's the king. Gad went to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arona the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord had commanded through Gad. When Arona looked and saw the king and his officials coming toward him, he went out and bowed bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Arona said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the lord that the plague on my people may be stopped. 
Arona said to the king, let the Lord, let my Lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offerings and, the, and here are the threshing sledges and the ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Arona gives all this to the king. Arona also said, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied to Arona, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered his prayer on behalf of the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. Father, I just thank you that you are here this morning and that you just love us so much. Uh, God, I thank you that you're going to really speak to us out of this passage um, of Scripture this morning, that you would, you would teach us um, to be, as, as you said David was, a man after God's heart. Amen. So for those that don't know, I've been um, married to my beautiful wife, Larissa, sitting in the third row there for just under two years. It'll be two years, February 26. And um, I remember um, leading up to our wedding, I was like super, super nervous, um, like like neck level nervous. Um, and I was like, just like, I would. I had. There was this one part of our wedding that I was like freaking out about, and like the thought of it would make me like physically sick and uh, like maybe shake a little bit, and like it was like I was super super worried, um, and I remember like I would lie in bed, thinking like over and over about that like that part of the wedding night um, when it turned into a dance party. Um, you weren't sure where I was going there. <laughs> See, Larissa's family, they love dancing. They're all dancers or people that can like um, confidently move to music. See, whereas um, I think you would have heard that expression, two left feet. I just, I think I've just got the one. I don't have a right foot to compliment it and I think I don't have any hands either. So like when I get on the dance floor, it is not a pretty sight and I feel like, like a Gumby. Um, and I remember, like, we had these all these conversations back and forth, and Larissa would talk about how much, how excited she was for the dance, and how much she couldn't wait to dance with her new husband, and all that kind of stuff. And and inside, I was like, Whoa! <laughs> and like, I remember I, I was just going back and forth, back and forth between this um, for quite a few months. Well, not that many months because we we're only engaged for like four and a half, but probably a good. Four and like four and a half minus two days of that, I was worried about the dance at our reception, which is not usually the part that people worry that much about. Usually speeches or something like that. And I remember at like one day, probably about a week before our wedding, Larissa just told me again, she was like, oh, like, she's just telling me how much it would mean to her. And I, I remember making this decision thinking, do you know what? Actually, the cost of potential humiliation, actually, Larissa, was worth that to me. Um, that she was actually worth the cost of potentially looking like an idiot. And, um, and, 
if you ask her about our wedding, she'll talk about all the other, like, the pretty things, but then the thing that she'll camp around for quite a while is she'll talk about how epic of a dance party is. And I'm not taking all of the credit for that today, but I think that a part of it is because I actually, like, I didn't just... Um, like in that moment, I gave her this gift of saying, Do you know what, actually, you, you mean more to me than my humilia- potential humiliation. And my question to you this morning is, what is God worth to you? What is the great commission of discipling um, many nations worth? What is the salvation of your family, your friends, your co-workers worth? Because We've been talking about praise for the last two weeks, and two weeks ago, Sam, um, he, he shared on how bra- uh, praise um, has carries power and how praise um, brings breakthrough into our lives. And so he, he, he sh- talked about um, a couple of stories, but one of them that stood out to me was um, he talked about Paul and Silas in the middle of prison, and they had... Um, they had they were, had chains on. They were locked up, like right in the center of a prison. And at, in the middle of the night, they start singing and praising God. And from that, the chains fell off. The doors fly open, and they're set free. But not only does that happen to them, but it happens to all the other people in the same situation as them. But not only does it happen to them and the people in the same situation as them, but it leads to the salvation of the people that had locked them up. And so we've got praise leading to extreme breakthrough in your life. And you look at that and essentially what that is, is that is the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And so we've got praise as the foundation of the kingdom on earth. And then Glenn last week shared on how praise aligns us with love. And I had this picture and, um, and uh, when I was thinking about this, and it was like, you can use this in future, Glenn, if you want. It was, um, I was like holding a ball out in front of me. And while I was holding it out, I hadn't lifted it very high. I was kind of holding it, but um, the moment that I made the decision that I wanted to lift it as high as possible, it went from out in front of me to, I started lifting it and it, it like, I ended underneath this ball and, and, and um, I realized that actually as we praise God, as we exalt Him and as we lift Him up, we can't help but end up underneath Him. If we're giving Him our all, we will always end up underneath Him. And when you're underneath Him, you'll always be in His shadow and you'll be aligned with His love. And so Glenn, and then Glenn asked the question of, you know what, like, what, like what, what's the next step for you and your relationship with God? And so he connected praise to not only your relationship, but actually moving deeper in your relationship with God. And so we've got the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven with praise as, as its foundation. And then we've got a bu- building a relationship with God and going deeper in intimacy with Him, with praise as the foundation. So praise becomes a pretty important thing because I don't know about you, but I cannot think of two things that are more important to your Christian walk than the kingdom on earth and your relationship with Jesus. And my message this morning is this, that the platform of praise is the threshing floor of sacrifice. I'll say that again. The platform of praise is the threshing floor of sacrifice. Praise does not always cost us something. We can praise our dogs for fetching the ball and people for a job well done. Praise is often a response to some action that directly benefits us and we feel generous because we extend it. We often find it easy to praise God from the same motivation. 
When He has blessed us, helped us and protected us, we feel generous towards Him. We can sing, worship and talk about how good He is because we can see it. That kind of praise, although worthwhile, does not cost us anything. It is not a sacrifice. When we praise, we can be joy-filled. We can have, we can be filled with joy. Or when we praise, we could be awe-filled. And I'm not talking about awful praise because God doesn't really want that. But we can be filled with awe. We can be awe-filled. Or we can be pain-filled. Or we can be hope-filled. And I tell you what, it is super easy when you are joy-filled to praise God. When God has done something in your life, when the miracle has come, it is easy to praise God. And when you're in awe of who He is and you're, you're seeing His greatness and you're seeing that He is uh, everlasting, that He is eternal and he, is, he has constantly got your back, it is easy to be in awe of God. And when even if you're in a tough situation, but if you have hope, it is easy to praise God. But when all you have is pain, that is not easy to praise God. And all of these things, all of those expressions of praise are what is needed for a lifestyle of praise. But the only one that comes hard is sacrificial praise. And so the key to living a life of praise must be a sacrifice of praise. So here are three things we can learn from David about sacrificial praise. Number one, David was prepared for the cost. He had a word from God. He had uh, the prophet Gad came to him and told him what the cost would look like. He came to him and told him that, you know what, you've got to go and you've got to buy the threshing floor from Arona, the Jebusite. Um, and and that, that is what the cost is going to be. And so he had this word, he knew what it was and he was prepared for it. Number two, David was insisted on the cost. See, not only did he know what it was, but when the, when the opportunity came, when um, because of his, who he was and what he carried, um, Arona offered him um, everything for free. He had this quick, easy way out. He had a quick fix to the solution. He wouldn't have to, it wouldn't cost him anything. He said, Do you know what? I will not give the Lord my God, a burnt offering that has cost me nothing. He, he refused to uh, give God a, a quick fix um, offering. He, he, he was insisted upon the cost. And this is the third thing we can learn from David. David knew that the place of pain would become the platform of praise. See, there's a little bit more to the story than what meets the eye. And uh, the two verses before it really show us why God said that threshing floor. I'm going to skip through the first kind of part because it doesn't actually, it's not relevant to the point. But um, verse 16 and 17, when the angel stretched out, stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the Lord, the people, enough, withdraw your hand. This is the key part. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel who was striking down the people, he said to the Lord, I have sinned. I, the shepherd, I have done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Let your hand fall on me and my family. See, the cost of offering God um, the threshing floor 
was not in the 50 shekels. I can imagine that David as king had plenty of coin to go around. The cost was he was he was giving God an offering of praise upon a place that had caused him much pain. So much pain because he saw his people who, who he was meant to look after, his people who he was the shepherd of. He saw his sheep uh, being um, uh, like wrong done to them because of his sin. So much so that he, he, he cried out, let your hand fall on me. You know, don't, don't take my people, but, but you can have me. And do you know what? If it, if, if it makes sense, take my family as well. That kind of pain is not just, it's not just like a, like a boo-boo kind of pain. The cost was not just the, uh, the, the, the material cost. It was the emotional response that was connected to the material cost. God does not need your sacrifice. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your praise. He doesn't need um, your smile or your dancing. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need anything. God is completely sufficient. Um, and David shed some light on this in Psalm 52. And this is from the Passion Translation. It's verse 16 and 17. For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I humbly bow at your feet. Do you want to um, jump on up, Josh? See, God does not require... Uh, anything from you. Jesus has paid it all. That is the other side of this message is Jesus has paid the, the complete price. He has won the victory. Um, to use his words, quote, Jesus Christ himself, it is finished. Um, but the, play, the platform of praise will, will be the place of your pain. And it's, it's the sacrifice with an emotive response. See, just as how um, my gift of of dancing at at the wedding was not in the dance moves themselves, but was in the 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 potential humiliation that I pushed aside to to um, perform my dance routine. So was. Um, the cost of the threshing floor, not in the 50 shekels, but in the pain that David had witnessed upon those at that place. Joy-filled praise will always be beneficial, but sacrificial praise that costs us something is powerful. So what is, what is your place of pain? What makes you feel uncomfortable or nervous and what action could you, could you take today uh, to make the place of pain um, the platform of praise? And I don't know what, where you're at this morning, what, what's going on in your life, but here are five, five areas that you could, five ways that you could use a place of pain. And they might not all um, mean something to you, but one of them might. 
here are five ways that you could use your place of pain as a platform of praise. Number one, maybe similar to me and my epic dance moves, it's time to start giving God some halal praise. Um, as I said, the most common word we translate means liter- as praise means literally to dance, to um, rave and to be clamorously foolish. And maybe your place of pain is the outside area of your comfort zone. And maybe how that looks for you is you come to church and you show up and you, you're like, Do you know what, I'm going to dance this morning or maybe I'm going to smile this morning or maybe I'm going to clap this morning. I wasn't talking to anyone specific. Maybe um, that looks like stepping out of your comfort zone and asking um, someone at work if you could pray for them or maybe it looks like um, dancing around your home while nobody's there. Josh does that sometimes. The outside of, of your comfort zone can become the platform for your praise. Number two, becoming intentional with God. I read this last night on Instagram and I'm gonna share it because it is actually, it just blew me away. Um, a lifestyle of worship, if a lifestyle of worship is left to the mercy of spontaneity, then what should be usual becomes occasional. Feelings, emotions, and experiences, whether good, bad, or ugly, will drive our agenda, reducing our worship to unpremeditated expressions that create a supernatural high for us, but little else. An extravagant worship lifestyle, however, doesn't need an excuse because it has found its cause. It's not random. It flows out of revelation. It replaces the occasional with the intentional. Maybe uh, what your sacrifice, what your place of pain looks like is maybe you give up a meal once a week to fast or you give up some TV time or you wake up a little bit earlier to get out and walk with the Lord or go start praying and you make, actually you go, do you know what? I'm going to use, um, like I'm going to give up something so that I can intentionally put um, like time in for God and time in for our relationship. Maybe your intentionality could become the platform of praise. Number three, loving those who have hurt you. This could be um, an an ex-spouse or an old best friend. It could be a childhood bully, a terrible boss, or an awful family member. Jesus gives us a very clear example that is love your enemies. Loving could look like forgiveness, praying for those that have hurt you. Maybe uh, it could be reaching out or asking God to show you how He sees them. Maybe today forgiveness could become the platform of your praise. Could I get the rest of the band up? Number four, generosity. Maybe today your, your, your generosity could become the platform for your praise. This could look like um, you could give your, your time or you could give your money. You could, you could maybe, it looks like making a meal for someone that you know doesn't have quite enough to make ends meet. It could look like sponsoring a child or maybe even sponsoring some missionaries. Maybe today your generosity could become the platform for your praise. And number five is to give your life wholeheartedly to Jesus. And 
this is something that we can continually, continually grow in. But maybe there is somebody here this morning that actually has never said um, and has never made a decision that, you know what, I would love to follow Jesus. I would love to make Him my Lord and Savior. Um, I would love to get to know who this God is. Um, or, or maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're thinking, do you know what, I, I had this relationship once upon a time with God and we, um, you know, things were kind of good, but then somewhere along the way, I kind of got, I, I kind of missed it. I don't know what, what happened. Um, and, and I don't really talk to him much anymore. Um, and today, I'd really love to connect back. Can I tell you that today, if you made one of those decisions, maybe for the first time or it could be for the hundredth time, if you made a decision like that, today would be such a good day to do that. And maybe today salvation could become the platform for your praise. And so uh, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I wonder... If you're in one of those two groups, either you've never um, chosen to give your life to Jesus before, or maybe you need to just give it back to Him this morning. If you're in one of those two groups, in just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I'd ask that you would just lift your hand up so that when I pray a prayer, I know who I'm praying for. Today could so be your day. All right, one two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just love you. We just love you, God. We just love you, God. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Hey, could you all stand to your feet this morning? I would love to just pray a, a prayer of blessing over you as we wrap up the service this morning. Father, I thank you that you um, that you know us as people so so well. God, I thank you that you um, you know that you know how easy it is for us to praise you when, in the good times, but you also know how hard it is for us to praise you in the bad times. And so, Father, I, I just ask that you would you would really um, be so clear to to each of us that we could pray the prayer like like David did, and you would show us what was in your heart, what, what was in our heart that, that you wanted to, um, to, to take away. And God, I just pray that this morning you would show each of us what it looks like to live and make our, our platform of, of praise upon our pain. Awesome, awesome. Amen. Hey, let's just let's just give God a massive, massive shout of praise right in this place. <laughs>